everybody ready to start? Uh, give me one second. I want to go get a soda. I just realized that I empty. You what? Yeah. Sorry? I'm empty huh? inside too. It's okay. <laughs> give me a second. Do you need yeah. to talk about it? <laughs> That's a oh, no. steady no. <laughs> I'm just gonna get the last of my mucus out. Hang on. Y'all just go ahead and look for my recently beaten. I should just like start the episode now before anybody gets back. Yeah. Uh, completed. There it is. I hit my. Welcome to the How Long to Beat podcast. We're missing two of our people. Did you start it? We started. <laughs> yeah, we started like. We started like five minutes ago. That staying. Oh, man. No. I specifically waited until both of you left the room because I wanted it all to myself. Oh, this really is now there? the Curve Murph podcast. Yeah, you can totally see where I hit myself in the head. She says on the audio only experience. <laughs> How have you done that? Describe it. Describe the exact position on your body. It is right the right above my right eyebrow, um, but underneath my bangs, and I hit myself on Nick's uh, TV while I was putting my empty can on his side, which he said I probably shouldn't do anymore, but I still do because I'm a terrible girlfriend. But it's fine because it gets taken care of. By karma, clearly. The detail <laughs> was so precise. <laughs> so that was Ultimate Zombie Toast the Clumsy. Kirsten, what adjective would you use to describe yourself? The greedy. Oh, well, I the think greedy. we are. Ooh. Greedy. I mean, he wanted to leave a whole postcard for himself. Doesn't know. We'll just, we'll just run down the list of seven deadly sins. We'll say that I'm all of them. But, uh, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, describing me as incapable. I think that yeah. is <laughs> the best term of all. The incomparable, incapable, Kerf Murphistan. Continuing on with the theme, we have Pokepore, the temporary, our guest host <laughs> this episode. And we have me, Ninjarik, the sticky, because I am the glue that holds this podcast together. No, I think you're just, like, the gross residue. You're, like, <laughs> the spilled soda that becomes sticky, and you just want to get rid of it, but you keep forgetting to bring in your spray cleaner and wipe it up, so it just kind of molds over on your desktop. Art is open to interpretation, and the way you interpret it says more about you than it does about me. I actually did have, like, a an introduction planned. <laughs> We'll do that instead, because this one sucks. I'll leave it the next time, I like it. Coming up on episode 14, Kurt Merv's introduction. <laughs> From episode 13. Yeah. <laughs> Lost to time, brought back for your viewing pleasure. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Uh, listening pleasure? Viewing with your ear, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that does yeah, don't we don't want to leave out the people with synesthesia. I mean, they have as much of a right as anybody to this sensuous yeah, experience of listening slash viewing. It's the 21st century. Leave your bigoted views in the past. 
I feel like we've really derailed it. <laughs> yeah. Please give me space. <laughs> so let's take a vote. Am I doing the planned introduction or am I saving it for later? Save just, it. We'll move yeah, on. Just, we need to move on. Says who? <laughs> All of us. Yes. All right. So uh, that voice you've been hearing in the background as Rick introduced is our good friend Pokepaw. We are going to be conducting an interview with said Pokepaw. Uh, I am actually prepared this time. Wow. Hey. Amazing. So who wants to start and ask the first question? I've got one that's been burning my mind ever since I knew Pokeball was coming on, so I'm going to jump in first. Israel, Palestine, <laughs> what's going on? Oh no, <laughs> not this again, Rick. <laughs> right, let's ask a proper question. So oh, you don't think that the Israel-Palestine controversy is a proper question? I see how it is, Rick. Hey, don't you flip that back on me. <laughs> I'm conducting the interview here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> when I'm not dying. Right. So, what was the last film you watched? And what did you think of it? The last film I watched? I think it was Deadpool 2. Ooh. Okay. Did you like it? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Even more than the first one. More than the really? first one? That's how I felt, yeah. Power to I it. Never, I didn't see it, so... Boo. I think we should. Well, it's I mean, good. I really like Ryan 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 Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have names with alliteration, people. But yeah, right. I mean, common consensus is like the first one is better. So it's interesting that you both like the second one more. I don't know. I... The first one. Um, I haven't read the comic. I am going off by what people have told me that happened. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting the Deadpool to get that happy ending. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, and it felt kind of off to have Deadpool like this uh, family loving guy after hearing so much about the comics. So. Uh, having Deadpool be his uh, silly self in the second movie and making a lot of those reference um, uh, breaking the fourth wall and all that stuff were, was I felt it was better or it felt more like the character okay I get that solid explanation alright Toast you're up Oh, yes. I have that prepared. It, I am pulling it up, and it is prepared. How did you first get into video games? Whew. Um, I actually don't know what came first, because I have some memories of my sister playing Warcraft 2 on the computer, mm-hmm. and I watch her a lot, but at the time, I, I wasn't able to use a computer because my parents didn't want me to. Uh, but I played like... I tried to recreate the battles with Legos. 
and I make like the whole campaign only with Legos. But my actually, yes, uh, I was a crazy child, and I'm still kind of crazy. Uh, actually, my introduction, my proper introduction to gaming was the Nintendo 64 that's over there. Uh, because my dad brought one from the US when he went to, I think it was when he went to work for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he brought back a Nintendo 64 with a couple of games. Uh, the one I was allowed to play it, uh, where lo- was uh, Pokemon Stadium, the first one. Oh, yeah, that one's a good one. Yeah, I still have it done. I haven't beaten it. <laughs> I don't think I have either, to be honest. I actually want to beat it. I was planning to, but I was planning to uh, beat it this week. But my Greece got messed up, so I can't play for a week. Is it an especially hard game, or is it just one that you've never sort of spent long enough on to beat it? I suppose that's for both of you. I didn't spend uh, long enough to beat it, and as a child, I didn't know, for example, that uh, all fire attacks were for uh, special or all normal attacks were physical. So I just tried to use the Pokemon I liked, but wow. it didn't work so well for little five year old me. Yeah, and as I grew older, uh, my mom took away the Nintendo 64 from us from because we're four brothers. Four siblings, sorry. And she just put it in a box, like, with a lock. Oh, my god! So we... Because we should study and not play video games. That's the nuclear option, I suppose. Yeah, my mom used to do that. Not my mom, but the person I was staying with used to do that with our Dreamcast. Uh, I was only allowed to play for 12 minutes a day. And it drove me, like, nearly insane. Twelve oh. minutes? That's oddly specific. Yeah, yes. that's, that's... She um, read some report somewhere that, like, twelve minutes was about, like... <coughs> I, I don't know. She just got in her brain that twelve minutes was the optimal time for video games. Uh, everything else should be spent outside and studying and whatever. <laughs> and it's crazy. quite ironic. That's a very, like, min-maxing attitude to video games. <laughs> yeah, she it gamified is. your life. <laughs> <laughs> she totally did. <laughs> Wow. Also, how did I not know you're a Dreamcast? I I I told you I I've played Shenmue before. I really like Shenmue, and that was only on Dreamcast. I had it very briefly. I only had it for two or three years. Oh, fair enough. Um, it was a hand me down from uh. I I believe I've told you about him before, but he he was my cousin, but he wasn't my cousin. We just called him my cousin. Like a brother and from he, another mother. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. he. he gave me a screencast. More importantly, side tangent, is Shamu as shit as everyone's making it out to be now? It is not. It is. People are... No, it is not. Ooh. It is a great game. Fight, fight, fight. It, it, it is 18 years old. This game is 18 years old, and it has brought nothing but love and care and just 
it tries to pull you into this world, and for a brief shitty second, you you don't have to. You almost believe that you are there, and it's really great. It's something magical, and people who tear it down just either they don't want to see it or they can't see it, and I feel bad for them. I just think that the Yakuza series does what Shenmue wants to do so much better and actually makes it fun. Ooh. I think that Yakuza loses a little bit of the magic um, that Shenmue has. I mean, it's successful, yeah, it's good, but I don't think it has quite the same like elements that Shenmue does. I just There's something about Shenmue. Are you Team Toast or Team Curve, Pokeball? I think you're Team Toast, because you reacted. I'm not sure if it was picked up on the mic. Curve started ripping, you're like, no! <laughs> I think she was just feeling for me, like... <laughs> no one was that. I was that just feeling... <laughs> I don't know, you don't have to believe in any of the magic, Curve. You can go your separate way. Usually you have good taste <laughs> in video games. But on this one instance, you're wrong. And you know you're wrong. It's, I, can, uh, I can take one instance. <laughs> yeah, one instance I will accept you're wrong. my one instance. Alright, so in the <laughs> interest of moving on, I will ask my... Fr- <laughs> <laughs> I will ask the first of my series of questions. My first question is... Uh, is there a game that is objectively bad, but you love playing? Shenmue. That sounds familiar. Whoa. That was a question. I, oh. Yeah, that was a Pokeball question. Oh. That was a question a long time ago. Oh, How what? can you ask her her own question? What, whatever do you, you mean? mean? You're stealing my own questions. <laughs> yeah, you just plagiarized our guest here. You should be ashamed. <laughs> I, I did nothing but use my very own brain. Let me, let me tell you a little Which story. Which happened to be looking at the screen where she wrote her question. Let, let me tell you a little story. Let me tell you, Kurt's question drafting process is the same as everyone else's. He tries to get as much information in before he writes his questions. No, I, I no had, one that. I had a very intensive no. research process. You went to the forum boards, looked at all the questions, selected the best one and put it down on a piece of paper. Hey, I'm not obligated to say what my research process was, but it was very extensive, I'll tell you that. So, my 100% original question, do not steal, is there a game (laughs) that is objectively bad but you love playing? Is there a game that's objectively bad? I don't know. All right, next question. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe is there like a I game? Mean, is there a I game mean, that you don't like but other people do? Maybe that's a bit easier rather than saying it's objectively shit. Uh, I don't know really because uh, uh, most of the games I choose to buy or play. Uh, go through like uh, some filters before I even consider buying them. Oh, I know! I know! Uh, hey, you Pikachu! 
Because that game is a mess. <clears throat> is that the one with the microphone? Yeah. Oh yeah, that game is that game is fun but bad. Oh, it is bad. Uh, at least I played like one hours of it, so I can completely say I fully enjoy all its mechanics. But I've heard some stuff like the microphone sometimes isn't responsive, or just Pikachu isn't responsive. Okay, that's uh, probably a good answer, to be fair. That's, that's probably what Kerf would call objectively bad. So, <laughs> that that pretty much fits. Um, so, it's my one, I think. And I ask every podcast interviewee this. What is your favourite book? What? Uh, what is your favourite book? Oh, my favourite book... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I read a lot of things. Uh, one series that I'm reading that I'm actually enjoying a lot is Spice and Wolf. Oh, I see. Yeah, the light novel. I'm currently at volume... <coughs> I'm yet to start volume 7. Uh, but so far, I'm really, really enjoying it. It is so full of love, so full of economics, and I kind of like that. If you like that, then you should read World End Economica. It's his other work, that He, he wrote it before he died, and they uh, published it posthumously, and they made it into a visual novel, and it's pretty good. I didn't know it was a book. I only knew it from the VNs, which, to be fair, I haven't touched, but I have thought about touching. Yeah, no, he has. he had nothing to do with the visual novel. He, he wrote um, a script... Um, he just wrote a script, and they took his work and they published it posthumously. And um, I don't—I'm not a big fan of the art for at least the first one. And I'm—the first one is a little bit slow going, but it, it's like a—it's like a slow burn. It—it—it it, gets—it gets better. Hmm. Okay. Okay. World and Economica, you said. Uh, yeah, World and Economica, and it's pretty cheap too. You can find it on like Humble Bundle for pretty cheap sometimes. There are like three parts, aren't there? It's a trilogy. Yep, three parts. It's a trilogy. And, and th- it is about six to seven hours for each. I think Limited Run are doing a print at some point, because that's where I'm familiar with it from. Um, yeah. On their upcoming page. Although, to be fair, I think they're publishing it as three separate games. So their price yes. is plus shipping to my side of the pond. I don't think I'll touch it. And it, well, it's on much. Steam as well. Exactly. That's what I mean. I, I won't touch the physical. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense that way. But, I didn't uh, get the physical copy either. No, it, well, it hasn't released yet. That's the thing. It's like on their upcoming. Page. Oh, oh, I see. I don't know how well it's going to do. I don't think it was super, super popular, or at least as far of like objectively, I don't think it was that popular. Well, the thing is, with limited run. You only really need a couple of thousand people who care. The other half will be bought by scalpers. So <laughs> it's true. It, a lot of them are getting burnt because the market for that thing is just falling through the floor. Uh, there's there's quite a few where recently, like the one that baffled me is Bastion, which is on for pre-order at the moment, and it's not that Bastion's a bad game. I'm I'm on record on this podcast as quite liking Bastion, but it's a decade-old game where there's zero interest in it anymore, and anyone who ever wants to play it has already played it. So yeah. why is a physical release happening now? Why does that make any fair pricing? 
And, and my theory is I'll only pay so much and only if it comes with an art book. If it doesn't come with an art book and if it's too much, I'm not going to buy it. I'm buying, I, I'm only buy a physical copy for the art book. Anything yeah, swap that out for an OST and I'm with you. It's yeah. buying it for the things that come with it more so than the actual game. But hey. Um, I think it's my question now. And I totally have it prepared. If you had one choice for a game everyone should play, what would it be and why? I know this one. Uh, it would be The Lane of Zelda Majora's Mask. Hey! Oh. Someone after Which, my uh, own heart. Which version, though? Because I was reading about all the changes they made to the 3DS port, and apparently some of them are dog. Um, Would you have people play it on that or on the N64? I mean, even though some of the bosses of the game get uh, sort of nerfed in the uh, Nintendo 3DS version, I would go for that version. Okay. Uh, if only for the mission that re- that takes a full three day cycle, because I play both the Nintendo sixty four version on the Virtual Console and the three DS version. And let me tell you, failing that quest in the last possible second and redoing oh. it all over again is not fun. I can believe it. So is that have they fixed that in some way on the 3DS version then? Yes, because there's these old status there that you could previously save and then you have to quit the game. Right. And in the Nintendo 3DS versions you can save on one and keep playing. Okay. Uh so if you fail the quest you have to only do the last part. Not the whole three day cycle again. And right, I'm with you. Also, the Nintendo 3DS version allows you to use the. Um, oh, that's the song that you used to. Oh, the Sun song? I remember the song that you used to, like, go. to. Uh, go forward in time. Oh, double time. Double time, thank you. Uh, you can use that song on the 3DS version and select the time of day you want to be in. Yes, you can, yeah. It's oh, very okay. useful. It's very, that is very, very useful and saves you a lot of time. Like, just waiting, just like literally standing there. Now you don't have to. Hang yeah, on, so... In fact, no, sorry, finish I'll come back to that point. Sorry, go on. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm really sorry. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was thanks, Rick. To someone, to someone who's big on Shenmue, to then criticize games like that make you wait. <laughs> it seems a bit hypocritical based on the coverage I've seen of that game. What? Okay. The thing about Shenmue is that you never. Like, Majora's Quest Mask, there's specific side quests, and when you're doing them, it doesn't feel like you should be doing anything else. It's, it feels like that's your goal, your objective for that time period. So right. I usually just wait around for that. But in Shenmue, there's always other stuff to be doing, so it never really bothers me. The, the time limit is really not limiting in Shenmue, because you can literally just, just spend it 
buying cap, like gotcha. And the time limit isn't really constricting, whereas Majora's Mask gets stressful. So just sitting there waiting is really, it stresses me out, man. Because okay. it makes me too aware of the, the time limit. Whereas Shenmue, the time limit might not, it might as well not even be there. Why? Well, the impression I got of Shenmue was that it was the other way. So the example that Donkey gave in one of his videos was um, that in one of the days you have a single thing to do, which is visit someone in a shop at a specific time. But you have to wake up at that specific time, and then you have to literally kill time until 3 o'clock. You go to the shop, and then the guy says, I'll go to this place tomorrow. And that's all you've done in that day, and you've had to sort of kill for the rest of the day. Yeah, but it's not... It's different, in my opinion, because you can get those done at any pretty much any time. Even if they're specific times, they're specific times usually in the week, and it's not like a huge big deal if you miss them. There's no, like, repercut... <laughs> to get the BAM ending, it's actually more work than to get the, the true ending. You have to fail pretty hard to get the bad ending. So hmm. it's, it's pretty simple to just take it easy and just enjoy what the game has to offer. Mm. I mean, I'm done derailing the interview. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> All right, also, so... <clears throat> Dun- Dunkey isn't always right. How dare you? <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. moving right along I will ask my second question spawned straight from my own brain are you a coffee or a tea person I'm laughing at went for those of you that are listening she went for a drink the metal had touched her lips and as she heard the question her eyes widened the drink came down and the face just froze (laughs) <laughs> I'm oh, a the person. <laughs> I'm a tea person. I drink uh, different kinds of tea, uh, depending on my mood and the time of day. What also, that was my question, dude. <laughs> what do you Is mean? Your question. You've taken four questions. Curve, stop. <laughs> I would like to point out that these questions were written 2.5 weeks ago, but I wrote my questions a month ago. (laughs) Wow, this is going to calm the court. Oh, dear. You better watch it, Kerfer. You're going to be banging your head up. (laughs) Come on, the bitch. Right, let's move on before this all collapses in on itself. What would be your desert island if you had to take one game with you on a desert island and that's all you could ever play? Ooh. That's a hard one. Um... Okay, I have played like very few games that are both uh lengthy and fun to play over and over again. But I would have to go with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Ooh, that's a good shout. Because I spent over I think it was over one hundred and seventy hours on that game. And I still couldn't find like half of the cards. Yep. <laughs> so 
if I'm on the deserted island for a lifetime, I think that's enough time to find them all. <laughs> and if you don't find them, well, you deserved to be on that island. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> It'll be good practice Thanks. for finding natural resources to survive. Also. I like it. Now that I think about it, it actually goes like with the theme of uh, Deserted Island a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Especially hey. like um, Eventide Island. I think that's the one. I love that island. I love that quest. Yeah. I actually did a split Joy-Con challenge for that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, uh, with my boyfriend, we had one Joy-Con each. We took oh, like three hours to complete it. Man, because, you guys uh, don't like having fun, do you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you on about? That sounds like the most fun going. I mean, uh, we have two totally different play styles because he goes, uh, like, he sees a <laughs> camp of goblins and he just jumps in the middle of it, like, and start swinging the branch or stick or whatever <laughs> weapon we have at the moment. And I'm really, like, a careful and planning person. I try to sneak up on enemies. So, uh, I'm glad I was the one who moved Link. <laughs> because Man. I think I, it would have taken like double the time if it was in reverse like me in charge of the attacks and he in charge of the movement that's the problem though because you can move wherever you want if he points the camera in the opposite direction you're flying <laughs> blind maybe that's just me maybe I'm just a monster I don't know well, I mean, I think both sides of the controller have ways to screw the other one over, because on the left side, of course, you have, like, you can change out your weapons at any time. You can just whistle for your horse and alert all of the enemies. And then on the other That's side, true. you have most of your, like, practical buttons. So raising the shield at an inopportune time, or just Actually, you change the weapon. You change the rules with the, I think it's the left one? Yeah, the left one. So I was in charge of changing all the weapons, the shield, I think, uh, whistling for the horse and the movement, <laughs> uh, and the stealth too. Just track back a second. What's an inopportune time to raise your shield? <laughs> I mean, let's see. If uh, you're in the middle of attacking, but if you're riding it. Yeah, if you're riding yeah, it. If you're riding it. So can you literally bail out by trying to raise your shield while Is that a thing? I think so. I don't know, I've never tried that because it seems so stupid. Only an idiot would try that. <laughs> she says like someone who's learned from bitter experience. <laughs> <laughs> I want to switch so bad, but I just got a PS4. Do it. I can't you just... have no money. I, <laughs> I can't <laughs> justify <laughs> it. No. Enter the world of poverty. Someone Who needs to anyways? No. Can I, like, get a Patreon off the back of this podcast? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> you have to make your life as miserable as everybody else. 
Or even just a GoFundMe. Like, can we do like a reverse Patreon with... or something where like people yeah, take, take money, money from, from you? you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure something like that exists, but it's very politically charged, and I don't even slightly want to go there. <laughs> I don't oh, even remember dude. whose turn it is now. It's my turn. It's oh, okay. I think um, she's been stalling this whole time. She learned. I have not. How have Ooh. you not like memorized your questions by now? Like you ask the same ones yeah. every time. Can you, like, not? Did I you not just it? go to the questions forum and steal someone else's questions? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, we've been oh. over this. I absolutely did not. Yes, okay. I'm not this person. I think there was just, just like, a, a little muse that flew in my ear. Now you know he's not the saint everybody thinks he is. This is his Nobody true thought he was. <laughs> Okay, what's a game series that you follow pretty heavily? Um, that would be... I mean, I don't know if it counts, because I'm pretty new to the series, but both Chin uh, Megami Tensei and Fire Emblem. Oh, oh yeah. Those count? Those are good ones. SMT for win. Especially... I'm still playing Strange Journey Redux since May. It's a long game. Yeah, but I'm like... Uh, the clock in the 3DS uh, on the game says 33 hours in. I think the real time is like 38 because I've been dying so much. And now I'm in the quest where you where you have to infiltrate uh, Jack's base to save uh, that idiot of a psychic. Yeah. So, hang on, was that... Uh, is that Sector Charlie? Uh, I believe it is. Let me see if I can have it reading like somewhere. Because it's a while since I played that game, but I feel like the Jack mission you're talking about either happens early in Charlie or it happens somewhere in Fornax. But I feel like yeah. Fornax would be a bit too late in the game. No, uh, I actually just finished uh, Sector Fornax. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, yeah, because you... it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. There you are, so it probably is Fornax. Um yeah. But yeah, um, it's, it's a good game, but it's brutal. Yeah, I'm really hating that character by now because the first time it's like, oh, I just feed this boss on Fernex. And then, oh, it seems we have to go investigate this guy. And then this guy decides to stay and says, don't worry, I'll just call you if something comes up. <laughs> yeah. It's, and then um, the other, and now the other guy hates me. It's a low moment in what is otherwise actually a pretty <laughs> good story. Yeah. Um, it's one of the best uh, parts of Strange Journey. Yeah, so far I've been enjoying it fully. Yeah. Well, almost for the character. Go on, Kerf. I think this is question numero three for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is my third question. Copyrighted, trademarked, uh, Kerf Murph 2017. Uh, it is... Would you like <laughs> to share any stories from your local game store? Worded like Kerf would have written it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, when I... Uh, when I wrote that question, I was thinking of some... <laughs> somewhere around about... I was thinking of the GameSpot... Uh, no, GameStop horror stories up here so much. 
<laughs> and I, I wasn't thinking of my own places where I buy my games. <laughs> Oh <laughs> <laughs> it's just the resignation. It was like, well, when I thought of that. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, go on. Sorry, I missed your answer. What did you say? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh. Well, nothing really interesting happens over here. Just like uh, the one time I was looking for a game uh, on these like uh, mom and pop stores uh, was for Bravely Default, uh, and it was that time where you can't you you couldn't find the game anywhere. So. Uh, at that time, a new 3DS game in my country cost around uh, 35,000 uh, uh, Chilean pesos. And that is around uh, $60. Oof. Mm. That's quite the markup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... I was looking for the game. Nobody, no one in all the ten or so stores had it. And when I went to the last one, they said, oh, we have a used copy. I was thinking, oh, maybe it's cheaper. Now, it was 41,000 Chilean pesos, and that clocks around $75, I think. That's crazy. Yeah, I was like, nope, I'm out. I can wait. Have things gotten better getting, like, finding games over there? Uh, yeah, it was that one game that went, like, crazy expensive. But since I live in a country in South America, we don't have, like, Nintendo or PlayStation support over here. So there's this, uh... Massive company that buys a game from them and then sells them to the Ooh. retails over here. So games tend to be a little uh, more expensive. Does that extend to digital? Uh, no, because uh, we don't exist on the digital radars of Nintendo and PlayStation. I don't know Xbox, but at least uh, Sony and Nintendo don't really consider us part of the world. So we just uh, use it's physical uh, or nothing. Yeah, we just no, we just use um, um, an USE account. Oh, right. Okay. And usually type in the directions, the addresses of hotels and stuff. Uh, mine is actually linked to uh, my cousin's address in Georgia. So I get the games for the price they're supposed to be, but still there's a couple of places where they sell uh, near games like at lower prices when they're like a couple of months in the market. So I've 
gotten like most of my non-Nintendo games uh, from there. And the Nintendo games, I either buy them at release date if I really want them. Or I buy them used from a group on Facebook. Uh, because uh, we cannot do that. We have like this big group on Facebook instead of eBay. Mm-hmm. And people post the, the, their products, their used games. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, people that are interested in uh, getting in touch with them, and we usually uh, meet up at some place to make the exchange. Yeah, so it's more of a community thing. Yeah, it's more of a community. I can't even imagine what like video game prices and availability would have looked in, like in countries before the internet. Like, they would have oh. been disgusting. Well, it was probably the same in a lot of places when you think 20, 30 years back when there were problems getting things out of Japan full yeah. stop. Yeah, um... I can't imagine how our... <coughs> How, how was even possible to get video games before these three like retail stores like that are very similar to GameStop uh, came to the country and start or started selling games. Hmm. Mad. Uh, but then we have the mom and, st- um, mom and pop stores where games are cheaper too. So there's that. Yeah, but I suppose they they probably don't have as good as a selection, and that's the trade-off you make. Yes. Yeah. Um, Right, so I had a fourth question, but I've sort of given it up, because I really, really want to know what party you're running in Strange Journey. That's my fourth (laughs) question. My party in Strange Journey, let me pick up my 3DS that is... Where's my 3DS? Oh, it's on my back. Because I can't remember. <laughs> Tell you, your cat uh, is a Yeah, I have oh, to. Oh, this is Suka. She's cute. She is, oh. She's grumpy because she wants treats. But she's not going to get any treats because she's a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know when they say pets match their owners? <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> 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 she's such a manipulative little bitch. Like she, she knows exactly how to work a person. Keep digging. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's oh, working in your favor, grumble. Toast. No grumble, little baby. Oh, don't hiss. It's fine. You're fine. <laughs> None of this is getting edited. You know this is playing. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's okay if you can't find it, Pokeball. If you've got it up, that would be. Um, I have it, I have it, where... This is not... Or is it? Okay. Uh, I have a bunch of random demons here. But... Right now, I have... A... A Grandma Tengu. Okay. With... That has... A Garu, a Bufu, Agi, and Maha Skills. Mm-hmm. And Hammond Skills. Uh, Jackie Rakchasa. Uh, I can't even trace my Chris. Uh, that has a uh, Muda Skill and Agian Masio. 
and a couple of physical skills. Is that the, uh, the Jackie Rashaka? That's the red one, isn't it? Yeah, the red yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Black Frost. Black Frost. With yeah. all sorts of um, magic attacks. And it also has void uh, eyes and endure. Endure is good. Okay. Uh, the other demon I was using a lot was, uh, and this one I, uh, I have especially for the skill and for the boss I was fighting, is an Airavata, the elephant, mm-hmm. with luster candy. Luster candies are so hard. Yeah. That, uh, that skill kills it all the way through. Ooh. Yeah, I think it also head. has some... No, it doesn't have reflect fire. What did you say, Kerf? I missed that. I said way over my head. Yeah, me too. So, for the uninitiated, Luster Candy is a skill that buffs all of the main stats of every member of your party. That's useful. Yes. It costs it like 50 MP, useful. so you have to grind to use it anywhere other than the bosses. But it is very, very good. Um... Slightly broken in Shin Megami Tensei 4, because you can teach it to your main character quite early on. And if yes. you set them as a magic user, you can abuse it far more than you have any. Um, yeah. But then you also have to understand the systems to know to do that early on, so I suppose it's balanced in that sense. But. Oh, yeah, the first time I played... The only time I played Shin Megami Tensei 4, it was the first game I played on the franchise. So mm-hmm. I didn't even know Luster Candy existed. But I did make my character a magic user, which is quite broken. But a friend of mine made it a gun user. Which you can do in that game. That you can do in that game. not very good for guns, but Shimigami Tensei 4 has quite a lot of um, gun options. Not only that, but he said something about the damage calculation done in the series. That it has, like... Um, like a multiplicator of 1 if you're using physical, 1.5 if you're using magic. I think it was 2 or almost 2 if you were using guns. Yes, and the gun stats, based on your main character's base stats, the calculation was slightly goofed up. Um, yes. So you could you could break it by specking more into a skill that didn't seem relevant. I think it was... It wasn't that de- it was strength was broken. Strength didn't quite calculate right, but dexterity calculated more than it should, and that made guns advantageous. I think they yes. fixed it for apocalypse. I haven't gotten to that yet, but in um... uh, apocalypse is more balanced. Also, uh, physical attacks were more varied in apocalypse, so you could go as a physical damage dealer, and it was easier to. Yeah, I think they also changed like how Harma and Mudo work. I'm not going to be a fan of, I know it already, because I quite liked those being for what insta Um sure. You we'll got see. a little bit there. I, oh, I, was saying, I was saying I think they changed the Harma and Mudo skills in Apocalypse. Did you have you already played Apocalypse? Yes, the Hamamu skills instead of be of uh, having a chance to hit they hit, but their damage is calculated like any other magic skill, if I remember yeah. correctly. 
And I think it's if you're hitting it as a weakness or there's some kind of press turn link in that then gives them the instruction. Yeah. Um, but we'll see when I get to that. I don't want to derail this too much with Shimigami Tensei talk. <laughs> Come on, types, one more question. Yep. And I totally have it up. And it is... Um, we I already did four... Oh, wait, no, I guess I didn't. What's your favorite video game? Uh, the Lane of Zelda, My Yes Mask. Really? Because um, it it has so much going on in the world, and also all oh, I really like the characters that made the world like feel more alive. Yeah. And for example, I I knew all these characters in Ocarina of Time, but Ocarina of Time didn't really delve into their lives. But now they're in. My years mask, they're given more personality, they're given fears, insecurities, and that makes them seem a little more human. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, and it f- feels just different. Like, Link is going into this war, not as a hero, but as a normal person. And, it's like he just decides to do things for these people. That's why I like Wind Waker as well, because he wasn't ever really like a hero. Just a little oh boy. yeah, I haven't finished Wind Waker. I should. You'll love it. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but I was uh get to the Tower of the Gods. Yes, that is the that's the low point of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, I, the first time I played through, I went to the Forsaken Fortress, and then I left it like for a couple of months, and I didn't remember anything. <laughs> then I went again until uh, the Towers of the Gods, and a little beyond, I think. And then I left it for a couple of months and forgot everything again. The um, third time wasn't a charm. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I got to Jabu Jabu. No. And I haven't touched that game. I think even before I played Breath of the Wild. So every so time you to... start playing again, you just get one temple further. No, because the <laughs> the last time I, I didn't get to the Tower of the Gods. <laughs> I felt like one temple chart. It's really right. weird because until I was like five, like I think I was six before I ever got past Forsaken Fortress because I was just so afraid of the pig people that it took me <laughs> years to actually make it past them. Isn't that like the first dungeon? It is indeed. Yes. So I, it took me quite a while to like, I was five or six before I ever got past it. It certainly didn't take me that long, but it took me a while because I could just not figure out the layout of that place. To be fair, I think I was five or six when it came out, though, so it took me like a year. And I I don't think I was... I don't know. I might have been playing all the time. (laughs) Right, go on, Kurf. All right, so... One more completely original question. The final question... (laughs) The one we have all been waiting for. The one true question. 
I feel like a face bomb is coming. <laughs> Somehow. How did you choose your username? Oh. The oh. bait and switch! Oh! Got oh, you all! Oh no, he didn't! Ah! Um, I choose this user username like a long while ago when I tried to make a YouTube channel. And uh, it was like a play, uh, play with a couple of words that uh, uh, Poke was in part for Pokepo and in, in part for Pocket, uh, in part for Pokemon, sorry. I, and I was considering the word Pockets too, like in Pocket Monsters. Because um, I wanted to make like short little videos. Hmm. Uh, the Po part of the game, the name I, uh, was because I I really love cats, <laughs> and it's sort of a pun on my own name because my name is Paula. Right, I'm with you. I'm somehow uh, when I went to see my family in, in the United States, they pronounced the first part like Paul. Yeah. So is so, it pronounced more like Paula? Um, yeah, it is pronounced at? more like Paula instead of Paula. I'm with you. Ah. Cool. Right. I'm just transfixed by the cat. I'm really bad. <laughs> yeah, she's got orange eyes. She's kind of interesting. Mm. See, they aren't completely like their owners. I'm trying to make an out her expression. Because at times it's like she's like in the seventh heaven. And then her face changes like, I'm gonna kill you, human. <laughs> Legit. She's fine. She's actually... She's a pretty cool cat. She She doesn't ever really like... She doesn't really... She's not angry super bad, and she, she just likes playing, and she's more like a dog. The other one just is, like, afraid of everything and loves me. Which is why I don't like her, because she loves me. Sometimes her face just looks like a Logic. Jim Henson puppet or something. <laughs> like a character from Labyrinth or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally! Come on, Sue, got, you gotta look at the camera. <laughs> oh, it's fine, baby. Such a You're wide fine. face. Do, do see so one, very unimpressed. You're <laughs> so very cute, little one. All right, Pokepaw, so traditionally we always have one final question that leads us into the next part of the episode, which is, what have you recently beat and what are you currently playing? Okay, for the last two weeks? Yeah, thereabouts. Okay, uh, where is... Oh, I closed how long to it. Uh, give me a second. Okay. Uh, in the last two weeks, I've been on... Uh, those are five games. Which are... Uh, Kamiko. For the Good Nintendo one. Switch. Uh, Yakuten Kenji 2. Or Ace Attorney... Oh, sorry. Uh, Ace Attorney Miles Edge for Investigations 2. Uh, Hustle Cat, that is a vision novel. 
Uh, once upon a Hallows, once upon an All Hallows Eve, a free visual novel from Steam. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. <laughs> and could realize Silver Miracles on the PS Vita. I actually imported the Japanese version, Oof. and a couple of months later, they Did said, it oh, yeah. it's coming out. I did the uh, same thing. Nightmare. As for <laughs> I'm just assuming. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, as for what I'm currently playing, uh, I was playing against Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, and I'm about. Okay, when I went back into the game this morning, I was like 11 hours in. I didn't know where I was. I didn't remember what to do. <laughs> but now I'm like 13 something hours in. And I'm fixing a, a chip. Are you, um, are you using the, well, which language voice dub pack? Thing are you using? Okay, I'm using the Japanese voices with the Good. English stuff. Good, yeah, that's the way to do it. The English voices are so bad. Bad, yeah. Uh, I love yeah. their accents, but aside from that... But the voices are just terrible. Horrible. Uh, yeah, I'm currently... Uh, I finally found my way through the north of... Uh, what's the name of the Water. second Water. beast island thingy? And um, I was asked to find the parts to fix a chip. And I'm having trouble because I totally forgot that the enemies... Like, the levels were all over the place. And then I was beating a low-level group of monsters, and uh, it was like a 60-something level huge bird came from the sky and just killed me. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be a Xenoblade uh, game if you weren't walking around a level 10 baby area and then suddenly a level 80 giant monster just stomps you into oblivion. I quite enjoyed that in the first game, though, because it felt a bit more realistic. Yeah, uh, and I some I've somehow escaped from these situations. I don't know how. I just I just found a cliff and and thought it was safer to jump. <laughs> <laughs> and and somehow the only survivor Rex was out of the sight. So all the other team members just uh, regained consciousness once the battle was over. All right, sounds like something I need to try in real life. If I'm getting chased, I'll just you know, <laughs> jump off a cliff. Jump off a cliff. Yeah. This is where Toast make a snarky comment. I have no snark to give. It's oh, yeah. fine. He's allowed to jump off cliffs. In fact, you are too. I encourage you. <laughs> That sounded like a snarky comment to me. Did I call it? <laughs> I think you're the one discussing the snarky comments. You're probably right, but don't break the fourth wall. That's part of the fun. 
<laughs> oh dear. So, um, the other game I was wanting to go back into was Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. Yes. Obligatory Danganronpa reference achieved. We needed it. Tinmaya <laughs> uh, Tensei, Strange Journey Redux, because that has been for whole for a couple of months. Uh, and I wanted to play the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on the Nintendo 64, and I'm currently on the first temple, but I'll have to wait a week before I can. Yeah, of course, because of you. Yeah, uh, the good thing about the Nintendo Switch controllers is that when you're in a situation like mine, they're pretty comfortable to use, and you can even use both with one hand. Hmm. So is is that what it is? You're not allowed to twist the wrist. What's the what's the motion they've told you you're not allowed to do that stops the controller? Okay, I cannot twist the wrist. I cannot move the wrist. Right. Okay. But I can still, uh, for example, type in the computer. Right. Or press buttons on a tiny controller. As long as I know, as I as I don't move the wrist or overexert my thumb. And what did you right. say that this was again? Was uh, I don't? I think you call it tendinitis, tendinitis, oh, tendinitis, tendinitis. Thank you. Yes, I actually have tendinitis too. It sucks. It's awful. Yeah. What disease yeah. don't you have, Toast? Oh. I, I don't know. I really. I don't know. I just. I want to not be sick anymore. Oh. I don't know. I just. I want to be healthy, but it's not gonna happen. And with you, toast. Um, I get like sick really easily too. Maybe yeah. we do need like a Patreon just to like fund your healthcare. Or fund my diseases. <laughs> the one game you don't want to beat quickly is life. Donate to. Toast's healthcare fund. <laughs> it's, it's weird because... Don't let this be a game over, man. I don't think that my diseases are particularly expensive. I think that the only thing that is expensive is, like... I don't think anything's really expensive. Like, maybe some of my medications are a bit pricey, but that's it. So I think I can... I've got it. I just... My life sucks. So it's... it's <laughs> that's the only issue. And you can't Ooh. buy a better life. Flip side... No matter how little you can give, you'll make a tangible difference. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See? I think he's using a toast like money. a facade. Yeah, I don't want the pity money. This is our I secret money want. laundering <laughs> scam. <laughs> don't be fooled, guys. Rick is just using toast as a facade. He yeah. wants a switch. None of this making it into the final edit, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Hey, that's topical, though. Have you guys seen the story in America about that couple that had the GoFundMe for the homeless man? The homeless guy, yeah. What? Oh, uh, I so, think so. Um, so this lady ran out of gas, uh, or as we call it, petrol, on the motorway, and uh, <laughs> she didn't have the money to to get herself some, <clears throat> some more fuel. And this homeless man spent some of his money that he begged for um, and went over to the nearest petrol station. And got her some more fuel. So this couple, in supposed gratitude, set up a GoFundMe. Um, I feel like that was a while ago, though. It, it started a while back, but they oh, just had okay. some new breakthroughs in it. 
So they'd set up this GoFundMe. The idea was to help his feet. They raised about £400,000 after you take GoFundMe's fees and all the rest. And there's been a lot of disputes because that money seems to have disappeared in the homeless. And the judge has just um, decided that they will have to appear in court to with financial statements to show the court where that money's gone because the court said that all of that money has to be turned over to the man that it was that it was raised for and they're saying well the, the money's all been spent it's all gone it's all gone on, on things for him he blew most of it so it's just one big hot mess we would be much more responsible with the money so rest <laughs> <of> <laughs> I think most of our news coverage is covered is like it's on Nike right now. Yeah, that's mm. that's all I've been hearing. Let's not open that kind of word. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm just saying that's all I've been able to see on the news for the past few days. Well, that's yeah. the anything Supreme else Court. is kind of secondary. Yeah, in the Supreme Court, that's all. Israel Palestine looks small at this point. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't be the kind of person to bring up such a big topic. <laughs> I. I'm not saying that I'm bringing it up. I'm just saying it's on the news and it's there. I'm not my. I'm not going to give my opinion on. <laughs> no one was saying Israel and Palestine weren't that. You talk. Oh well, I didn't bring them up. No, me neither. It's, it's that. Here, it's, it's <laughs> you're a liar. <laughs> We're the ginger one. Oh. <laughs> the sun no, does I'm that for <laughs> Okay, you've got a cute new haircut to cheer you up. <laughs> Savage. I love how I cheer you up, and then nothing comes back my way. It's all let's peek up on the ginger <laughs> man. I love this podcast. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like Rick is the guy in the train that's uh, putting yeah, the call in. <laughs> I'm the glue that holds this all together. I said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. But I feel like Trick... <laughs> trick. I feel like Rick is the person, like, putting coals on the fire, but on, like, a runaway train. And then, like, <laughs> throwing gasoline after it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the runaway party train. Oh. Once you run out of coal and gasoline, then it's just, like, just bodies. Middle Baby bodies. <laughs> well, that's when... burning everything. That's when we put yellow by Coldplay on the radio and everyone knows that the train's going to be arriving at the station shortly. <laughs> It'll be crashing into the station, but yes, it will be arriving. Alright, so, uh, Pokepaw, did you have anything else you wanted to add there? Recently uh, be currently playing? I don't think so. I mean, I have like 12 games in the playing tab, but I'm really only playing like two or three at a time. Sounds legit. So, uh, and I should go back to Twilight Princess sometime in the future. You because I was, tr- yeah, I was playing Twilight Princess HD on the Wii U, but then Breath of the Wild came out, <laughs> and I haven't touched the game ever since. Well, it is well worth the time and effort. Yeah, I, I, I believe you, but I get so sidetracked sometimes. <laughs> uh, while, we while Toast's faffing around, Kerf, why don't you tell 
what you've recently beaten currently been playing because I really want to know more about Pinball Metro which I know you've beaten I beat that a while ago bro <laughs> I beat it's that like a, while a month ago, ago. Recorded, bro. that was like a month ago did I, we I talk think, about it last time I think that I only like touched on it briefly um because I think last time was when I did finish it, and I think I just mentioned it stayed consistently good, and I enjoyed it, and I recommend it to everybody. It's basically my deadbolt now. Okay, we'll allow that. So I mean, nothing's anyone's deadbolt except deadbolt, but I know what you mean. <laughs> Way to slam my analogy. Um, so my section, which is usually the longest, I would say, is probably going to be much briefer today. Um, as I think I've mentioned to most of these nerds, I recently began teaching college English, which, let me tell ya, kinda eats your whole life. I think I'm doing, like, 80-hour weeks and getting paid for, like, 10 of them, so, uh, it's great fun. Damn, that's too real. Uh, it's also, funnily enough, a place that is very, very hostile to plagiarism. We'll set that to one side. <laughs> Do you want me to read my plagiarism policy as it's listed in my syllabus? Because I take it very seriously. Yeah, of course. Not on the podcast, but I would genuinely be interested. I didn't even write it. It's 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 actually very interesting. Like, <laughs> the... the... <laughs> Our program actually, like, tells us we have to use certain plagiarism language in our syllabus, so we basically have to plagiarize them <laughs> in order to... No, like, I, I get what you're saying, message. it's just the way, like, can we see your plagiarism policy? I mean, yeah, I didn't even write it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the irony's God. great. Alright, so recently beat. Uh, first up is Stories the Path of Destinies. wap ba da ba 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 um, so I think that all of the smack talk from last episode maybe peppered me to think it was going to be worse than it actually was. Uh, I still can't say that I like loved it or anything, but I had a decent time with it, I would say. Uh, I mean, I kind of just went straight through. I got each of the endings that you like have to get in order to move on to the true ending, mm -hmm. and... I think I took a few wrong turns for the true ending, but ultimately, I made it. Um, I mean, I think I agree with what a lot of you guys said about, you know, the gameplay, the combo system being a little too simplistic, uh, and some of the narrative kind of stuff that you talked about, Rick, I agreed with that, but yeah, it was... It was okay. You know, for free. I really can't complain. Well, I disagree, but hey, hey. <laughs> uh, the other game that I played was The Last Tinker City of Colors, uh, which has just kind of been sitting in my backlog for a very long time. It's a game that builds itself as a platformer without a jump button, and I don't think I they really realize that that's not as you know special as they seem to think it is. Because there are plenty of platformers without jump buttons. Namely, like, Bionic Commando back on the NES. And oh, there are... Captain Toad very recently. Yeah, Treasure Tracker. There are <laughs> several. Um, so ultimately it ends up being more like... 
Assassin's Creed kind of gameplay mechanics uh, in kind of a Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank type world. And oh, it looks like ass as well. It's pretty... I mean, I think the environments are good, but the character designs are ugly as sin. It's just so soulless. Kind of. It looks like someone pulled stock assets. <laughs> I, I do think that some of it's a little lazy because they could just be like, hey, this is a civilization of green people, so we're just going to make the entire level green, and there's just going to be a little bit of splotches of other colors here and there. So, yeah, artistically, a little lazy. Uh, I'll say that the writing is kind of its saving grace to some degree. Hmm. Um the characters are pretty simplistic, but they're effective for what they are. Um, and that's all I've got for recently beat. Anyway, uh, currently playing, I don't think I have much new. Um, I'm still continuing my Fire Emblem Echoes playthrough. I've done a couple more maps in that. Um, I did a little bit more in Breath of the Wild over the weekend, and I finished up another case in Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trials and Tribulations, and it was one of my favorite cases. I actually love that one a lot. But the only really relevant new one is Yakuza Kiwami 2, which came in the mail from Gamefly. Or, and... as it's known professionally, Lesser Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you are going to pay for that. <laughs> so, uh... That transition actually... was way too casual. <laughs> oh, you're going to pay for that. Let's move on. So, so I never, um... I never played the Yakuza games when they first came out, because, uh... Back when they came out, they had, like, this reputation. Maybe you guys remember that they were, like, the most violent, the, like, the worst M-rated game you could possibly get your hands on. When they're really actually just, like, goofy little games with kind of vaguely like, soap dancing. opera plots. Yeah. <laughs> or you can just sing karaoke songs and do pervy things. Um, so I only really came to them within the past couple of years. So having the first Kiwami and now the second one have been really, really useful for getting me caught up on the first games in the series. Uh, I think I'm enjoying this one a little more than the first Kiwami. Uh, the first one, there was something about the actual combat mechanics. They worked very well, but... Uh, you basically had, like, three stances. You had your, like, really fast, punchy stance. Uh, you had your normal hitting stance. And then you had, like, a third slow but really powerful one. And then I think there was actually a fourth one, which I can't remember the use of whatsoever. Uh, and it was just a little weird. Like, it seemed like you had more options than you did. Uh... And the combos were just kind of weird. You had to upgrade each tree separately and stuff. Kiwami 2 is a little bit more streamlined. Uh, it still has the issue where the combos are a little simplistic. But since you're only upgrading one fighting style, you have more options within it, which is very cool. Um, 
and I mean there there's a side quest where you save a guy from like getting beat up or mugged or something and he says oh let me treat you let me take you to this uh this like bar or this like restaurant or whatever so you go there and you walk in and there's a lady in an apron and uh she says oh if it isn't my little baby if it isn't my little baby who wants some milk and and so of course kazuma kiryu realizes something very suspicious is going on so he's backing away from her and stumbles against the wall and the whole room falls apart around him and exposes a nursery room where grown-ass Japanese men in diapers are crying on the floor while women ah! are feeding them bottles full of milk. And, and this is why Shenmue was so much better, because there's none of that shit. But it gets better, because... No, it doesn't! Because once Kazuma Kiryu admits that he wants no part of any of this, then all of the man-babies stand up and say, so you're just gonna reject our hospitality like that, huh? And then you have to fight, like, half a dozen grown-ass men in diapers. Because you're not into their kink. I can almost get behind that. Almost. And everybody learns a really valuable lesson afterwards Don't about kink shame <laughs> more than that it's about not trying to put your fetish onto other people it is an art game in fact it is the proof that video games are art the and stone silence say. says it all i think <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's all i got <laughs> The Yakuza games completely passed me by in every form up until, like, a couple of months ago. And there's a part of me that thinks I'd probably have a blast. There's a bigger part of me that thinks, in terms of the effort that would be involved, time, investment, the rest of it, they probably just aren't for me. Although, I am very tempted by the Fist of the North Star crossover that's on the way. Oh I feel like God. I can get behind no, it in that one. Without, with like a silly story that's self-contained in its own thing, rather than having to sort of get behind all the Yakuza lore. I think that you should at least give it a try, um, because you're right that there is like a lot of content there and it can be kind of overwhelming, but I've always played when I've been, I've always experienced when I've been playing them that I never really feel like I have to do more than I want to do. So, like, if I don't want to take part in any of the, like, Mahjong or Shogi little mini-games that they have, then there's nothing forcing me to do that. I can just completely walk them by and feel like I'm not missing out on a lot. Uh, and you can just figure out which of the mini-games you do enjoy and stick to those and stuff. One thing also I didn't realize until recently is the team behind most of the Yakuza are the same team that made Binary Domain. Really? Yeah. Which, um... I can definitely see the thread in terms of the sense of humor and some of the sensibility. Yeah. But, yeah. And, you know, in the just general quality. Mm. Don't if you say don't, so. Don't you say anything about Binary Domain. Binary I enjoyed Domain is Binary a gem. Domain. I really liked it. 
But I also thought it, in many ways, was very B-movie. So I, to talk about quality, I think, is a bit... It's not the right way to talk about it, I don't think. I mean, it's good, but not in a, a quality sense. Maybe we're just using two different definitions for quality. I feel like we're coming at cross-purposes a little <laughs> But that's um, semantics, and ain't nobody got time for that. I've got one retirement before I jump into Played and Beaten, and that was The Legend of Kage 2 for the Nintendo DS. It is the floatiest, most empty, boring, devoid of any purpose or use or reason platform. That, well, it's not even a platformer, really. It's like a beat-em-up, but if in that beat-em-up the plane was flat and every enemy that you came into contact with went down in one hit and had all the offensive capability of a wet piece of tissue paper. Ah, so it, it's just boring. It's You sort of go through these motions and there's no sense of it. So I spent about ten minutes with it. I went through the first two or three um, and just said, you know what, this isn't worth my time. And I retired it. And that's all I have to say on that. So you're a quitter um, is what you're saying. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a serial quitter. <laughs> I One in every five games I play, I drop. So I wear that badge with pride, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, the numbers reflect that weeks because I have one retirement and four completions. So uh, <laughs> that maps. <coughs> it also segues. <coughs> Do you want my inhaler? No. <laughs> you want um, mine? By the time you get it to me, I think I will. Have... Um. Mm-hmm. So the first game I beat was Prey, my first PS4 completion, and. A 10 out of 10 game, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I gushed about it a load last time, so I don't want to go over that too much. I think they botched the story a little bit. I don't like the way they end it. I feel like there's quite a few plot holes and things where really, once I finish the game, although I liked the ending at the time, the more I think about it in the context of all of the story before it, the more I feel like it was a bit of a cop-out and fairly weak. But I also don't think it actually takes anything away from the experience, really. Um, because everything prior to the ending works in its own right. You can almost retcon it a little just ignore the way it ended. So what um, build did you ultimately end up going down? So I went down... So there's... Without spoiling too much of the way it ends, there's a destructive path, and there is a less destructive path (laughs) and I took the less destructive path and then when the twist at the end is revealed I took what would be termed I suppose the good route in that sense also Um, excuse me and as it happened all the decisions I've made in the game fed into that anyway so every opportunity you had to save a character or make a positive impact I'd taken Um, I hadn't installed a single Typhon mod um, which was partly because I thought they were a bit pants and they didn't really play into the way that I wanted to play the game. But um, that obviously counts towards what happens in the end game. I think what I loved about it the most, and it surprised me as someone who's quite keen on mechanics over narrative, 
was just how much the narrative fed into the mechanics and how much um, care clearly went into it. The amount of story that was fleshed out, the things that you could completely miss. Um, like there's one area in a game where one of the senior technicians has his own laboratory and you have to go in um, to gain a piece of information from his terminal. And if you dig around on that computer and you look into the files, um, you can see in his emails that he's asked for um, a random piece of office equipment of a really specific weight and specification and a set of scales that map exactly that specification with a, an electrical switch in them. And then you see him on this terminal putting that item on the scales and it opens up a secret compartment. And you go in and it gives you a load of freebies. I don't know if you twigged that curve. You're giving me a bit of a blank look. It's, if anyone wants to dig, it's in Dr. Calvino's lab. When you, Little moments like that where the world actually... And you were rewarded for taking an active interest in what went on in that world and, and seeing what had happened sort of in the build-up to everything. Mechanically, it's amazing as well. I just think it's a fucking great game. Um, and it makes me slightly less sad about the Prey 2 that was cancelled a few years back because even without having played the original that really was up my street and I was really sad when that was cancelled um, I beat two WarioWare games this past fortnight after you guys talked about those I managed to find good prices on eBay I played WarioWare Touched first oh that's a good one <clears throat> well I like Twist better is that the one that was on GBA? Yeah, it's the one that the had one like an entire gyro control. A little, yeah, a gyro control like console that went in it. I know the one you mean. It never made it to Europe, so oh, I will... it's the best one. I can believe it. To be fair, um, I quite like the look of the Yoshi game that used the same tech as well. But again, that didn't make it over. Something to do with regulations and and one of the components inside it. Pardon? In Boktai. That's in your hand. Yeah, that uh, that one was not fun to play as a kid. That was just awkward because it. I don't think they really made everything quite work in a way that was intuitive in that oh. game. Like, obviously, it made sense that the sun powers up your gun, but I yeah. also had quite a few problems with the sensor and. But hey, hey. Um, I got sun poisoning for two weeks trying to play <laughs> that game. I was going to say you would have problems with a game that required sunlight. Jesus. <laughs> um, Touched. I, sorry, gone. No, that was all I wanted to say. <laughs> that. I um, it down. It's not so good. So, touched. I felt underwhelmed by. I bet it was good if you played it at the time. I think a decade on, a lot of aspects of it don't really feel intuitive or exciting in the way that they would have done when the DS was a novel concept and screens weren't really a thing yet. And I think the only reason I liked that one was I think that was the one that introduced Ashley. I think it might have been. So that was the reason I liked that one so much is because I like Ashley quite a bit. Right, okay. Um, and then I played WarioWare Gold, which I actually liked a lot more. Um, the one thing that annoyed me, and this isn't really a criticism of the game per se, is the tilt games that you play... Yes, yeah. The hinge on the 3DS might be stable enough for them, but it really doesn't feel that way. 
And so when you're playing the ultra controls, where you have to switch on the fly between touch and gyro... It's not and, enough time. It's not even that it's not enough time, so much as it's not enough time to switch to being prepared to turn and find a way to move my hand up to grab the screen at the top so that it isn't rattling when I'm shaking back and forth. I think you like, just have the... a really flimsy 3DS. Well, it's not, though. Like, for everything else, it's fine. But the problem is, when you have to be fast, in the minigames, like, for example, there's one where you have barbells in each hand, and you have to pump them so many times. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you've got to shake yeah, it. Yeah, you've got to shake it. And it's like, my screen's going to fall off. I don't like this. <laughs> and the other one, where the guy's, like, sat there with a plate of food, and you have to tip it back and oh, forth. Oh, yeah. Really to get him to eat it. Um, other than that, I love it. I think it, unlike any other Warrior game I've tried, uh, including the Wii One and Touched, and I think I played a little bit of Ink when I had that in my emulator, um, it feels as light as it is, and it is light, I think, in terms of the story. Um, and then another hour unlocking all the extra modes. It feels more like a a full release than any of the other WarioWare games. It, yeah, it really does. Um, I mean, apparently Game & Warrior was pretty good for that on the Wii U, but I wouldn't know and probably never will. I don't know if you played that one. I nope. did not. Cool. Okay, Kerf. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking a minute, don't worry. Um, so yeah, that those are my experiences with WarioWare. Ultimately, I feel like I paid too much for those games for what I got, but I think I knew that was going to be the case going in, so that's... It, it's more for the replayability, and also the thing with the 3DS, I think that it was really, like, built with a 2DS in mind, to be honest. <laughs> like, with the shaking and things. You know what? Yeah, I, I bet it makes more well. sense on a 2DS. Yeah, yeah. It, I can see it working better. I think it's also a personal taste thing, though. Like, I expect a little bit more from a full retail release and it it's just the game is probably good but it's not a good fit for me per se and Segway that's the feeling that I ultimately came away with from Captain Toad as well which was my completion number four and what really? I mean what I mean yeah. by that is I've, I've said this about a couple of times a couple of games I've said it about Dakura I've said it about other games in the past with puzzle platformers I just get bored I just don't think the genre is particularly for me. And Captain Toad, in terms of the main quest, is split up into three episodes. The first two are 18, um, are 18 challenges long. The final one is 28 challenges long. And by the end of those first two episodes, I was pretty happy. And if the game had ended there, I think I would have had a much better experience, to be honest. But that third episode, everything felt a bit longer. It all felt a bit more arbitrary, a bit more padded out for the sake of padding it out. And I, I just got bored with it, so I stopped doing the pixel code, extra challenges. Then about five levels later, I stopped doing the bonus challenge. Um, I did complete every one with the diamonds, but I, by the last few levels, I was just done with it. So I just wanted it to be over. And I will you were the one recommending that really hard, though. Like, to everyone. You were <laughs> going on and on about how great it was. And I still think it's adorable. I almost everyone, bought it because of you. To everyone who isn't me, I think it you too. I think it, again, I think it's just a personal taste thing. I think for, for what I want from a video game, 
it doesn't quite do that. But I think for almost anyone else, it is a great game, and I think you'll still have a great time with it. I wonder and even if, if you, for puzzle platformers, just need to like get away from them at a certain point and then just come back to them later. Well, that's what I'm going to do with Captain Toad, because once you, once you complete the, the main story, which is the first three episodes, you unlock like another ten levels based on Mario Odyssey, plus a few other ones. So, the plan is to come back in 2019. Um, but yeah, I, I suspect with puzzle platformers, what I probably need, right, which is if I get them, play until I get bored and then just accept that I probably had um, but that's what I mean, like Toast, if you if you think it looks good for you, and if you try the demo, which is available and you like it, you'll like the full release. And even if you don't, you know, Nintendo games hold their value. So at most you're out maybe 5 or $10. Um, and I loved it start to finish, so take that as you will. But Kerf also likes Yakuza. So, who'd you believe? I like Yakuza too. I, I like Yakuza. I just like Shenmue a little bit more. Nah. I absolutely love Yakuza. Um, okay, so just briefly in terms of what I'm playing, um, and I mean briefly because I'm not playing a lot. Um, I'm playing Professor Layton and the Spectre's Court, the first of the prequel trilogy. I'm enjoying it so far. It's definitely a slow burn, and it still annoys me no end the way they shoehorn. So Leighton will see a fountain. Oh, this fountain reminds me of a puzzle. Does it really? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's always been that way with Leighton games. Yes, yeah, and it's annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, excuse me, good sir. Can you solve this puzzle for me? That I made up on the fly because I can just do that. Oh, and well, it's going to take you eight hours to figure it out. So here, have fun. <laughs> Well, the guy that runs the ferry. Oh, Luke, funny I've seen you. I've got a spare toy train set. You, While you're wandering around this village, maybe you'd like to solve a puzzle based on this toy train set. It sounds totally practical. <laughs> or you're just, like, looking at a tree. You just happen to click on a tree, and you get that red exclamation point, and Leighton says, like, oh, oh, no. That tree. Oh, there's a puzzle. Reading on yeah. the leaves. Ooh, that tree somehow one. reminds me of this incredibly complex sliding block puzzle. <laughs> the one that got me the most was um, you're going into a restaurant and Emmy, your female companion in this in this game, is looking for some spare change. Or something. Oh, no, that was it. That's the fountain. There's like a wishing well thing. And she's looking for some spare change in her purse. And Leighton says, Luke, while we're waiting for her, I've got a puzzle that I've been wanting to try out. It's like, yeah, sure you've... <laughs> But, that aside, the puzzles are pretty fun. And yeah. the story, albeit a slow burn, has got me. And I am enjoying it. And I will finish it, because I've got the other two 3DS games to plug through at some point. Um, so, other than that silly pet peeve, which I think you just have to accept as part of the series, and it's just one. It is pretty good. And I've got it down as an 8 out of 10 at the moment. His, his personality is insufferable, too. Leighton. Yeah. And Luke, oh, I can't and enjoy it. To, I want to kick them across the room. Oh, it really <laughs> Why? Oh, that just makes me angry. It's like your wife isn't Leighton, you cute little adorable jab. It's, I, it's, 
I, I don't know why. It's just they're so innocent and so, like, they can do no wrong. It's just like, <laughs> I want you to be evil. Oh, that reminds me of something. What? What? Just probably some cartoon villain. I don't know. Um, skull, a skull, uh, skull trucks, or it's it's from He Man, and it's like the skull dude, right? Skeletor. 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 Yeah. Um, I mean that kind of vibe for sure. Um, I'm also still playing Phoenix Wright, and by still playing. I mean, I advanced about 10 dialogue pages, and um, having just beaten the trial, we wait, reassured wait. Larry that the um, the significant female really did look heavy thatch alarm clock with her to Paris, which was quite cute, but I haven't come back to it since. Wait, so you wait haven't even... Second. You're still in the first one? I'm still... In the first case. When, when you said you finished the first case, I thought you meant that you finished it beginning to end. I didn't realize that you just ended the trial part. Yeah. Oh, God. Why is it so, <laughs> why is it so difficult for you to <laughs> progress? It's my, like, when I've got a free minute in a relevant moment. So I'm going to be plugging away a bit by bit forever. But you can't approach it like that. <laughs> Or you're just gonna run into a brick wall eventually. Nah. Like, I, I will, I will warn you in advance. There, when the cases get more complex, you can't then, be doing that. Then some you of the, some of the like logic that you have to use relies on like dialogue that you listen to like in the first investigation. You might be on like the third day's trial and you have to remember something from the first day investigation. It won't be in any of the court record little blurbs for all of your evidence. It'll literally just be something that you have to recall. So okay. so if you have too much time between start and finish, then you're gonna have a tough time, buckaroo. That's fair enough, and thank you for the advice. However, although that might be difficult for me and myself, I should let you know that I've watched all three seasons of Rick and Morty, so I think I'll be okay. <laughs> oh. yeah, I, d I didn't get a laugh, but I got the look from Toast that tells me I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you have to have an extremely high IQ to be able it's to understand. That's why people like Elon Musk love the show so much. It's just got so many layers. Like an ogre. Yeah, it must be why people like Shrek then, too. Yeah. I don't. I actually really hate Shrek, to be honest. I've never Why? liked him. I have, oh. I have a friend who... I don't like Mike Myers. I have a friend who just wants to destroy my life, and uh, she always tells me, just completely unprompted out of the blue, she'll just like send me a message uh, that says... Uh, Changes by David Bowie is a Shrek song because it happens to be in Shrek 2. And it is integral to that film. I feel like it's, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, transformative in a fair use sense. And so really, that song is not what it was. It has too much pedigree outside of Shrek to just be a Shrek song. You could yeah. say it. Ch-ch-ch-ch-changed it. No, it didn't. It did not. I have to agree with Kerf on this. 
Well, you're going to have to be wrong, aren't you? David Bowie's the winner. (laughs) Well, technically not, because he's dead, but still. Hey, that doesn't mean he didn't win. I mean, that last album, he went on out. I'd consider that a victory. Yeah. He had to have known that he didn't have much time. Okay, shut up. We'll we'll, we'll keep going. It'd be fine. He's one of yours, Rick. You should appreciate him. He's one of ours. He belongs to all. I know of us. what That's you true. mean, but I feel like I want you. I didn't even hear what you said, so I'm just gonna believe it's that fine. means I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll carry on. Uh, the last game I'm playing, and I say playing, I literally started it just before we started, and that's Neo Automata. <laughs> you are in for the ride of a lifetime. I've I've only like played the first shoot 'em up section and like the first combat route, but I I have a good feeling about it. Um, it just feels right so far. The lock on's nice. The attacks feel good. I like that you have a little robot and you just hold R1. Does his <laughs> and yeah, we'll we'll see how that one goes. I will tell you this: if uh, you get to the end of your first playthrough and you feel like you haven't quite clicked with what makes it amazing yet. That is There's entirely like natural. More, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I I have a little bit of excuse me, prior knowledge of Yokotaro. Um because I'm quite a big Super Bunny Hop fan and he did a what you need to know for Nero Automata video that I watched last week. So I'm ever so slightly Um I'm sure there's plenty that will still surprise me in Cap. Um, and oh, actually, one last thing because I haven't played it yet. But as soon as we stop recording, because I'm not really tired yet, I'll probably play it a little bit before I go to bed. And that's Soma, which um, we talked about last episode. Uh, it's one of my four on four games this month, and because it's taking up about twenty gig on my hard drive, for that reason as well as the fact that it looks really, really interesting. Hey, yeah, I have a question, me. really quick. Um... Go ahead. Are we going to talk about Game of the Month? Because I don't think any of us are playing it. I won't be playing Actually, it. Actually, I played yeah. a bit of it. Okay, okay. I have played it before. So I guess I could talk about it a little bit, but I don't want to like go too in-depth because I don't really like the game. Ooh, well, you guys Me neither, were... but I I played like the... I think the first two beginning chapters? I can't talk. Um... At the beginning, I really like it because you had this beautiful world where you start um, solving puzzles. It was like a kind of a side-scroller puzzle RPG something. And I was really enjoying it. Until you get the ability to uh, fly, and I think it negates like the part of the game I like the most because the combat is uh, strange because it's like turn-based, but yes. it has a timer. It's poorly done. So yeah. is it like ATB? Um, I a played. little bit. It's a, it's it's a little bit like that. 
Um, it, I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk about it a whole bunch. I don't know. Yeah, probably for the sake of time today, we probably shouldn't talk about it too much. Um, I mean, if you want to give us maybe two or three bullet, like, fast facts. Yeah. I and mean, I haven't talked about what I've been playing. Okay, we can <laughs> skip that, I guess. Well, no one was saying that, like, as well as... Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I mean, the are... game tries to be, like, too many things at the same time. So it doesn't really flesh out one idea. And I really don't like the art. Like, if I'm, if I'm being honest, the art was supposed to be what drew people. But I, I thought that the... Um, it looks like when somebody uses watercolors, but they overused the colors, and it all kind of gets muddied together, and then they don't have, like, any highlights or anything of it, and they don't have any contrast between colors. It's a little bit like that. And I didn't really... I wasn't really a fan. Interesting, because I like the... the ourselves for the very reason you dislike it, because it was... It really stands out from a lot of other games I played. I don't know. I guess I just like my art to be a little bit more crisp. Even if they're doing, like, the same style. Like, uh, a good example is um, I love the art of the new... Uh, shoot, what was the game that just released on Switch that... Is like Bravely Default, but not Bravely Default because oh, it's actually Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler. Yeah, it looks a little bit like the art for Octopath, but I like the art for Octopath better because it looks a little bit crisper, and um, so on, so so forth. Oh. Cool. All right, Toast. Go ahead and take your limelight. Was Was Rick done? He yeah, is yeah. now. Okay. Um. So, I technically finished stories. Um, so, what happened is I had two achievements left. And they don't give you any warning. Um, I was in a story path that I had already done before, and I didn't realize that, and I wanted to be out of it. So, um, I thought that if I clicked New Game, it would... Um, reset the choices. Oh no. No no no. It does not. It resets the whole game. Oh. And oh. I was two two achievements away. Um so you guys if if you think that I I, I cheated for those achievements. I gave themselves to me because <laughs> I am not going to deal with that. So yes, there are two cheated achievements on my Steam and I, I don't care. They they are staying and they are mine, and I don't care. <laughs> so I guess now I'm not the only one who's cheated in a game before. Yes. And more importantly, given this blatant disregard for fair play and I don't ethics, care. I know you listen to this, Everdread. First of all, hi. Second of all, this is my petition to get Toast the cheater flair on the forums. <laughs> if so I think he this truly... is and I don't think we should stand for it. If he truly thinks that a uh, a young girl who worked really hard at a game and who's super sick and um, <laughs> they were two achievements away, a dying orphan look child, look at you playing all of the pity deck. Yeah, should be able to be given up two achievements that they rightfully should have gotten in a in a fair world. Then fine, give me the cheater award. Listen, I I just think he went 
too far. I think I didn't go far enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stop. Once you've had a taste of it, you're in the game for good. <laughs> so that one is done. Um, I'm still playing um, EF. I'm still playing Highway Blossoms. Um, I'm still playing Monster Hunter World. I started um, Shenmue um, again. I bought it. AKA poor Manjikuza. <laughs> Which side are you on, Rick? I'm on the yeah, side. You've been the playing soldiers. both sides. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm and just putting more coal my... into the fire. <laughs> I am an aggressive pot-stirring Switzerland. And then, most importantly, I have been playing um, Beat Saber, um, which is such fun. What did you um, say? It's, it's Beat? Beat Saber. It's a VR title. Huh. Um, oh. Well, I mean, it's it's full-body VR, um, so it's for the HTC Vibe, or Vibe, uh, and it, like... It's like dancing, but with lightsabers, and it is super, super cool. I dig it. And it's great. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, it is so much fun to play. Um, I've been bringing it over to people's houses like a party game, and it is so cool. Imagine playing Guitar Hero, But with your whole body. With lightsabers. (laughs) Blue and red lightsabers, and the corresponding arrows and colors are what you've got to hit. And they've got so much custom music, and it's so much fun, um, like, because I have, like, I think, like, maybe 400, 500 songs in there, and I'll bring it over to, like, a friend's house, and we'll just click random, and I have to go with whatever it is, and we, we, um, one time, like, one of my friends, we got, he got all-star, so he, we went to, like, you know, we were jamming out, and then all of a sudden, it didn't stop coming, and it didn't stop coming, and it was just the same. <laughs> it looks like such a good workout. It is, oh my gosh, yes it is, yeah. Um, you drink so much water, and you, like, burn so much calories, like, just playing it. And you get so sweaty and gross, but it is so much fun. It's, it's like, the best game of this year. That's so, a big claim. It, it, it is so, well... In a year that saw Deadpool ported really... to the PS Vita and PS4, that is a big claim. There's just something about VR. VR is so, so cool. Because you, you think that you're there. You just think it's a different world. Um, I can't even stand VR because it makes me motion sick. It makes me really motion sick, too. I played climbing, and then I did not play climbing anymore. That one's the one where you, you're climbing up walls and stuff. Uh, that one was no good. Um, but I, as someone who experiences motion sickness really easy... Um, most VR is pretty okay, as long as it doesn't fling you all over everywhere. Yeah, well, that, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. The problem is where your character moves it, body knows it isn't. And then mm-hmm. your brain just goes, well, hang on, this disorientation must have eaten something poisonous. Let's um, eject everything to make sure it doesn't get me. Yeah, it's really weird because VR, as long as I'm moving and it corresponds to my movements, I actually get sick less. So playing Beat Saber, I feel completely fine because my mo- body and my mind are moving. Together and it's moving where I'm supposed to be moving, so it uh, it's a it tricks my brain almost completely, so I don't get sick. Oh. Well, maybe I'll try VR uh, I, I, when I, the price are lower. It, it's actually not a bad price now. We bought it when really? it was much worse. It's like I think five hundred, six hundred now. We bought it when it was like nine hundred. We're so. It hurt my soul. And that, that <laughs> yeah, is but that's for US prices. Imagine how much worse it. 
Nick just gave me a really bad look because he was the one who bought it and I didn't spend a cent on it. So he's like, it didn't hurt your soul. But it's good. And that's all I've been playing. Hmm. Alright, so this is the interval and the question is, is this going to be the longer wait rendition? Whatever the Donkey Kong song was that Kerf was going to sing. The what? The what? Or the DK rap or whatever it was. <laughs> I need to prepare for that. Oh, you know, I saw a version of the DK rap, but it was like this Kong has no face, and it just like went on about how he has no face, and it was really freaky. That sounds like a Siva Gunner thing. Send me the clip after I rip the audio. <coughs> <coughs> oh, I'll rip the audio, and we can put that in the intro. There, then... there are too many good Siva yeah, Gunner Yeah, there's rips. too many. Yeah. And then we can compare from next episode when Kerr finally does it. <laughs> as long as I am alerted in advance, then I can prepare This for is it. your alert. Okay, so this next episode alert. for sure it's happening. Next episode for sure. Okay, then I will start memorizing the lyrics. You mean you don't have them memorized what, already? What kind I... of Donkey Kong fan are you? <laughs> I have a fair amount of it memorized, but you're right, I, I'm i letting down the Kong. The Dong Kong. The Dong Kong Ropa. He has no style. He has no face. This, this Kong has no face. He can handstand when he has no face. And stretch his face out just for you. And we're back, <laughs> almost like we never left. Weird. <laughs> so, unless I'm mistaken, it's host segment. Or, it's host segment time. As the case may be. As the case may be. But we'll start okay. with the one true segment, which is recommendations. Uh, and... Before we start recommendations, I wanted to put out something. Oh, okay. You've been uh, undermined, no. Rick. Oh, mostly because uh, uh, Zombito said that VR, the headset and everything, cost uh, $500 back then and now it's cheaper. Oh, no, it was $900 back then. $900? Yeah, and now it's like $500, $600. Okay, because it's $500 over here, too. Yeah, yeah, now it's $500. Okay. I just found something that is actually the price it should be in my country. Awesome! <laughs> that is so cool! So if you want to experience VR, you can buy it for the price it's meant to be bought for, which is still overpriced. <laughs> of course! <laughs> uh, I think I'll just wait. So, um, before we jump into the recommendation, Pokeport, is there anything that you want to plug, anything to share at floor is yours? <laughs> Everything here, but oh, let me see what I have here. Um, I've been reading a lot lately, and I've went over some of the classics, like from Jules Verne, from the Earth to the Moon, 
And I really enjoyed that book. I recommend it. But it is quite hard to recommend it to anyone because it goes like into really technical language at times. Mm. On the other hand, I just finished Arsene Lupin, a gentleman thief from Maurice Leblanc. And uh, that's a more accessible book. Uh, and also, I really enjoyed it because this thief plays some of the craziest man- mind games I've ever read. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so is it sort of a... Um... Who am I thinking of? One of those, like, Ocean's Eleven type things. There's this elaborate plan that was going on all along and all pieces just sort of fit together at the end. Is that kind of thing? Pretty much it. Right, okay. Sweet. Um, so, recommendation. And it's inspired by the Spider-Man game that comes out tomorrow. Hopefully my pre-order arrives tomorrow. I'm so excited. Fingers crossed and, for you. Yeah, me too. Um, and in the build-up, I revisited a game that I loved when it first came out, and that I still think holds up today, and that's Spider-Man 2 for the Game Boy Advance. Um, see, I, Game Boy Advance, of course, <laughs> couldn't be the really, superior really console version. I, best console that's ever been released. Most powerful graphically... Most complex input wise. It's just, it's the place to go. And Spider Man 2 on the advance actually does things really, really well. So it's mostly 2D side scrolling. Um, in many respects, what you'd expect from that kind of Spider Man game. But there's a really robust. Um, skill tree as it were so you you earn points through the levels that allow you to unlock new moves it presents a real challenge but a real fair challenge and the levels stay interesting for the duration also it has a couple of like 3d world exploratory segments which work surprisingly well i don't think they would have worked as a full game in their own but as little palette cleansers they're really really (coughs) and because it was a movie tie-in on the gba really, really cheaply, and if it even sounds remotely interesting, I would recommend you do that. Or, if Nintendo ROMs are still anywhere, find an emulator and a ROM for it. It's worth playing. So, yeah. Okie doke. Uh, Once I've finished chewing. <laughs> I can go next. Well, you can, you, you can lay right off. I can, but I'm not going to. At least I'm not actually chewing on camera, like, on actual, because that would drive me nuts. I hate the sound of chewing when people are, like, recording. Hey, maybe people want the ASMR. Oh, no. <laughs> I would just like to throw out, this can be my recommendation, you know? I, I was kind of going back and forth about what I wanted to do for mine, and I never really settled on anything. So, uh, what I'm going to recommend is ASMR. <laughs> but a specific <laughs> type of ASMR. Oh no. <laughs> there are several installments in it. Oh no. The first one 
is called ASMR Roleplay. Caring and supportive Funky Kong gives you a ride oh home from the God. airport. Can you, like... Please link this. Please link this. Yes, absolutely I can. I want to fall asleep to this tonight. <laughs> I am really scared to even ask what is it. <laughs> so, so there's the link to the first one. How did you even find this shit? <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. YouTube's become very weird. I... Mm. I oh, am just geez. way too into shit you know that was super weird? When I was younger, I thought Funky Kong was so cool. Like, the music when you're like... And I always wish that he was my older brother. He's Maybe the raddest now. dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's the raddest Kong. So, I also just linked the, uh, the sequel, which is ASMR Roleplay, Tender and Emotionally Intelligent Funky Kong Consoles You After a Messy Divorce. Um, oh my god! So those those are the uh, OG installments in the Funky Kong ASMR series. Um, there's a whole playlist where I guess people have picked up where the first guy left off um, to do more. It looks like there's Funky Kong invites you to watch Cars 3 with him and supports you emotionally. Uh, followed by concerned and excessively sympathetic Funky Kong dines you after a bad disputation. The excess excessively sympathetic All of them are full of uh, very audible gum chewing and whispering and monkey noises. <laughs> so, If monkey noises are what give you your ASMR <laughs> so yes, grading on a curve today. I am, <coughs> I am grading ASMR on a curve, specifically Funky Kong ASMR. Okay, we'll take it. Um, and that brings us nicely. I, th oh no, it's Toast's silly segment. Go on. Oh no, it's her segment. Go oh. on, get it over with. <laughs> uh, I think I have. Been... Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I think you're I've just been proving saying... my point. It's a sham of a segment. Stop it. Um, I think that I'm going to recommend Paranoia Agent just because I really like that anime and I'm reading it and I really like Toshiko and I just think it's really, really good. And Lil Slugger is like super, super great as like a antagonist. Okay. Even though it's more about the concept than the actual like character itself, but if you if you are into like really good mysteries and just want something different, so watch Satoshi Kon. Unfortunately, you won't ever get anything else from him because he he died. But, uh -oh. but spoiler yeah. alert, <laughs> he died like back in like two thousand eight, and I remember so disheartened when I got the news. I was like, Aah! but yeah. He's gone. But you can still look back and appreciate um, Paprika, Perfect Blue, Paranoia Agent, Millennium Actress, and all the other great things I've made, so any of those things are good. Okay. Right, and that brings us on to the last bit, I think, which is our question from the forum. Kurt, take it away. Yes, so this question was given to us by our good pal Dave, otherwise known as 
How did he say Uwe. it was pronounced Uve? Uve. Uve, okay. Uh, the question is, is there a game series that you used to love but can't stand anymore? So I hope y'all have been thinking about this question as the episode's been going on. But uh, I have an answer. <laughs> okay. I have an answer too. Good. Alright, so we're all prepared. I'll go ahead mm. since I'm already speaking. Uh, the one that I came up with is the kind of like open world Lego games. Or I guess Ooh. the older ones weren't even open world, but the kind of like level based Lego games where they're platformers, where they're like very simplistic puzzles to solve and stuff. Um, I used to love those games and up until like I would say three years ago I would get every new Lego game that came out and I would 100% it and Jeez. that is no easy feat <laughs> anybody who has played those games knows that because for the like originals where it was you know lev more level based you didn't have the open world component uh you know, you would just have to, like, replay the levels a couple of times in order to get all of the unlockables and stuff. But once they started to get longer and you had open worlds and stuff, then it has just become... <laughs> it has become way too much of a time burden. You have to play all of the levels several times over. Uh, you have to, like, basically route out the path to getting all of the like cheat upgrades and stuff uh you have to pace out the way that you get the specifically the ones that like multiply your stud counts uh otherwise you just won't reach the maximum uh stud count in order to get 100 percent. then there's all sorts of things you have to explore in the overworld all of the different puzzles and stuff and it just it is a slog and I mean, if somebody, like, put the game in front of me, I'd probably play it and still enjoy it, but, God, being an adult with adult responsibilities, that is not something I can do anymore. And not only that, but it reaches a certain point where it's not enjoyable anymore. Like, yeah. you're just doing it out of obligation. I remember trying to, when I was, like, 13, doing that with, like, I think the Indiana Jones one. And it would be it would be different if it gave you something physical, something physical, something tangible that you could look back and say, "Look, I hundred percented it," but it doesn't really. You have to pop the game back in, and I mean, it's not like you're not going to win any bragging rights just for like a hundred percenting a Lego game. Um, whereas, I mean, I I mean, it's kind of sleazy, but like achievements, you can look on someone's page and see like, "Oh, I guess they did a hundred percent that game." But, like, the LEGO, there's nothing to be earned from it. I mean, the recent LEGO games do have achievements, which can kind of, like, fuel you that way. But you are right. And it especially becomes frustrating because, like, the first 60% on the percentage counter goes by in a flash. Like, all you have to do is basically beat the levels the first time through, and you have, like, 60%. But then it just becomes diminishing returns as you go on. The progress <laughs> towards 100% gets slower and slower and slower. And especially once you get to like 95 to 100, you would think you're, you know, in the home stretch, <laughs> but that's like a good quarter of your playtime is getting that last 5%, basically. Not so, about that. Yeah. It's, it's an endurance test, is basically all it is. 
Sounds it. Jesus. Ooh. Um, so this is probably a cheat, but it's the, the only thing I can really think of in terms of... Don't. And that's the Dissidia games. So, to clarify, I still love the two on PSP. Um, still, from time to time, jump back into Duodacim to play just a couple of games. I recently got Dissidia NT, and it just didn't click for me. I really wasn't a fan of it. I think 3v3 is a bit broken in terms of what that series was and what it was about. Um, plus, it isn't really very well set up in terms of how the story works, in terms of the single player, um, in terms of giving you opportunities to understand and learn the different movesets. That... And I think it really was a very big misstep in terms of that franchise. And it's soured whatever sort of comes after it a little bit for me. Um, but yeah, that's that's the closest I can think to something in terms of a series that I loved and I don't anymore. Burnout had gone off a bit as well, actually. Um, wasn't a big fan of Paradise. Did quite enjoy the ones that were on PSP. But yeah. Um, okay. I is that everyone? Oh, God. Um, is it a series that the older games you still enjoy and the newer games you don't? Or is it a series that altogether you just don't really like? Um, I think the question is technically the former. I sort of answered the latter. Okay, so it's it could be like you, you really still enjoy the older games but not the newer ones? Yeah, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> um, Fire Emblem. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna thrown down. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. At what point did you not like it anymore? Um, well, I still like the old games. Um, uh, yeah, I get that. I get but that. like anything past Awakening, I feel is kind of like I don't know. It just feels really pandering and not quite the same anymore. It so just wait. doesn't. It feels like it's made for a different group of people nowadays. And not that that's necessarily bad. It's just not me anymore. I'm just not included. Who do you think the target demo is now? Um, I guess, like, the newer fans of Fire Emblem? Which isn't bad. Like, I'm not saying people I get good. I'm just saying that it's it's a different written story now. And mm. it just doesn't feel like the same ideas and mindsets are going into the games. Yeah. I, it, it feels easier, first of all. And it feels not as, like, much fueled by, like, camaraderie and, like... It doesn't feel as epic anymore. It just feels kind of like an anime. It, whatever is the newest season of like the anime nowadays, it's just like whatever is like the newest adventure anime. It's like that. It's like I don't know. I I, I just don't really like the new ones anymore. No, I think I get what you're saying because I mean, Awakening when it came out was definitely a big divergence, but it still kind of had that. It's true to code. feel, yeah. Yeah, but like after that, then they decided, oh, well, being like Awakening is the only thing that's going to make us successful. Let's take all of those new things and amp those up, and maybe we can play down the old stuff. Um, really, the old stuff is what made their games great. Like the the feeling of getting to know someone and fighting together with them as new new techniques and new mechanics doesn't always make a better game. 
Um, I have two questions for you, Toast. First, uh, I remember you saying in one of the earlier podcasts that you enjoyed Gaiden. Gaiden's my Gaiden. favorite, um, but I did not like the remaster of it. I did not like Echo. Um, yeah. They, they changed was... the story around quite a bit when they remastered Really? Yep. Yeah, they did. Um, they, I mean, the, the general direction of the plot is the same, but they changed around everybody's characters to be like archetypes of anime stereotypes, mm. whereas in the original they weren't that way. They, they were, uh, they were different, both voiced and dialogue-wise. But I can't really uh, explain it very well. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the new Fire Emblem coming out somewhere uh, in the future? That I'm is, Three Houses. Yeah, I am hopeful for it. I, I don't know if it'll live up to my expectations, but if it does, I'll be really happy. It, it really seems that it's going like a step back from all the anime waifu stuff. Yeah, which is, is good. I think it was okay in Awakening, but it got out of hand really, really fast. <laughs> yeah, really got out of hand, especially in the three games, Fates. Yeah, Fates. Um, which I'm not complaining about because I absolutely love Silas, but <laughs> I just, I think that... He's a pure boy. He's a pure boy. That's the only kind of person you should be going after is your white knight. <laughs> but um, I think that after that... I just, I don't think it needs to be in the games anymore. Hmm. I really enjoy the, for example, the support conversations more in uh, Echoes? Yeah, and those are a little bit um, closer to what they used to be. Yeah. Um, I can't really remember any of the conversations in Echoes, but... Um, I think they were a little they were a little bit more prevalent about how it used to be what was going on currently and they would react to it. I like that better than just going on to like a specific arc of like their own. I like mm -hmm. them actually talking about the way that events make them feel rather than some arbitrary like I think some of them were like picking up women and like all that <laughs> stuff and it's just like you're in the middle of a war, dude. It's like priorities. For example, in Awakening, yes, the super conversation because uh, be between Crumb and female rowing was just crazy. Yeah, it's just like, dude, you're <laughs> gonna be a king, please, like... Behave one, like yeah, one. <laughs> it's just like, maybe talk about how this responsibility is making you feel, and then, like, develop your character a little bit more. All I'm gonna say is you can't not sword fight because you're being distracted by... There's my answer. Is I don't quite like the new awake or uh, fire emblems. I like I like awakening, but I don't like the newer one. Cool. All right. So that just leaves you, Pokepaw. Oh. Um. My pick for this question will be Pokemon. Oh wow. Ooh. Good. Good choice. Yeah. Hot take. Um. I kind of jump back from a stadium to uh, the Game Boy games like a while back uh, 
because I wasn't allowed to have video in consoles, but I inherited uh, uh, a laptop so I could emulate some games there. Uh, uh, my first actual Pokemon game, I believe, was uh, Fire Red. And I I really enjoyed it. I like the more f like that little feeling of that you can choose where to go. Even though I I kind of went to like I think it was Koga's gym and I was like level forty so he he kicked my ass, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but I like about, I, I really enjoyed, uh, about, I really enjoyed that about Pokemon in that time. Because you have to try, fail, and then try again until you beat it. Uh, then I play Soul Silver, Platinum, uh, Black and White, I love the story. Black and White 2, I really love that you could pick from a wide variety of Pokemon to just, to, to make your team. But um, then Pokemon made the jump to the 3DS. And the last game I really enjoyed was X and Y and the Hoenn Remix. But then Sun and Moon got a little too linear and too handholdy for my taste. The tutorial lasted four hours. Ma'am, like, what, what? What even? What was going through their mind that said this is okay? That the tutorial can last a whole island? How and really was is it? crazy! Uh, I actually finished uh, Sun and Moon, uh, and then uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out, and I couldn't finish those games. Uh, like the island theme with the trials. I could take it for a game, not for two. I really missed the gyms at that time. And finally, the cherry and tough to say I quit this game uh, was when the story was changing from Sun and Moon, but for the worst. Hmm. So I drop it. This is the first ever Pokemon game I didn't even finish. I think I got to the second island, and that was it. So you quit us guess. quite early then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then with Let's Go, please don't. I mean, oh, I. Yeah. The, yeah. the Let's Go, Eevee, Let's Go, Pikachu. The Let's Go game is oh, like, no, no. One. Yeah. Yeah. Give me my my jeans back, my difficulty back. Honestly, <laughs> because just... the, I mean the Pokemon games weren't hard to begin with. Just let kids fuck up. Just let them lose. I I I, I don't like. I I just think that kids need to to die a little. Like, get good at a game. I'm not yeah, saying that they need Dark Souls, but like, <laughs> give them just like assume that they're intelligent beings and that they can figure out a game and don't need your help to handheld and teach them everything. I'm just noting that down as a potential podcast. Because Quote, I, I just, just think kids need to die a little. 
completely but taken a, away. A little on bit. Uh. <laughs> Give the kids dark souls. Mm, uh, yeah. Do Does children it... have souls yet, though? That's the oh, point. I see. <laughs> I think the mentality is like really different from what it was back then. Uh, because in red and blue, they just gave you a Pokemon and you're in your merry way. Yeah, be the very best, like no one else. But then Ultrasound and Ultramon really they they turned into the turtle at least from Sun and Moon. Good. But it yeah. was just too much. And I now in Let's Go I've I've heard uh, that they won't even let you challenge that gym if you don't have certain a Pokemon or certain certain level, I don't know. Hmm. Because I saw that demo that you couldn't enter the Peter City gym without a word type or grass type. Oh, it like was that. just I don't like I don't like that either. So I really hope that uh, if they're going to make another mainline Pokemon game that is supposed to come out next year. I want my jeans back. Don't don't handhold players anymore. You'll get it next year. This is just for the Pokemon Go crap. This is... Um... Uh, yes, I know, but... I mean, there's so many spin-offs that they could do. Like, the GameCube ones were good. The Pokemon Stadium ones were fun. Uh, Pokemon Snap! They could go with Pokemon Snap! I've been waiting for the second word forever. There's loads yeah. of demand for a new Snap. I mean, the, they could the even make a new snap. Rumble. Pardon? They could even make a new Rumble and I'd be okay with that. Is there yeah. much demand for that? And I don't know how well the... Or like the other one, the Pokemon Conquest one. I enjoyed that one. Yes, quest. I want another Conquest. I want with Gajinkas, with like the... um. The, the humans as Pokemon, I think that would be so oh. cute. Oh, I love Gajinkas. That would be adorable. That would not go well. If it was like this... No, <laughs> no, no. What they could do is they could have the person who made EU Senki do all the designs for the Pokemon, and it would be so cute. And they would make ass tons <laughs> of money. That's sort of what I'm worried yes. about. No, they need to do it, and it would be fine. <laughs> it would nah. be so good. If they commissioned either Toho or um the person who did EU Senki. There's enough gross Rule 34 shit bouncing without, <laughs> like, low-key encouraging it. <laughs> you're mean... wrong. I know I'm not. Well, I mean, I'm, you're not wrong about that, but it's just, like, it would be so good. Mm. I mean, Pokemon's already in that. But, uh, so, I don't <laughs> think the Tijinkas will do any more harm that already has done. Yes, I do. I, I think there's infinitely more um, potential you, there. You can just embrace the Moe Pika, the Moe Pokemon. You, you <laughs> no, just need to embrace it. No, no, no. <laughs> Personally, I'm just looking forward to more Detective Pikachu. I haven't played that, but it's not. It's a on my radar somewhere. But it is funny. Ooh. It has its charms. Ooh. Speaking of which. It wasn't uh, 
I can't pronounce the the name of the guy who is Deadpool in the movie. Ryan Reynolds. Wasn't he going to uh, act as Pikachu's voice? I had heard that. I'm not sure what happened in the end. I just remember the petition. Was that the movie version? So I think they're making a yeah, movie. Yeah, the movie version. I think version. it's from the movie, movie yeah. But I it just remember like the petitions for Danny yeah. DeVito to be yes. Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I remember Which is what it should that. have been. And wow. uh, that's the greatest tragedy this world will ever experience is that Detective Pikachu was not Danny DeVito. And on that bombshell, because it is 1am here, I am starting oh. to get a little bit tired, and I do want to play a little bit of Soma before I go to bed. Spook yourself before sleep. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for being on the show, Pokepaw. We really enjoyed having you here. Yeah. I think we got a good conversation out of everything. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I really appreciate you answering my questions um, specifically. I worked really hard on them to prepare them for today. So I'm glad that you had some really thoughtful answers. Uh, <laughs> I can't even. Shake my head. Yeah, so any parting wisdom anybody wants to drop? Hmm. I was about to say, like, stay fresh, and then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> you said it anyway. <laughs> stay fresh. Or isn't uh, the new one stay off the hook? Uh, or is that the first one? It is the new one, but it's like a two-part yeah. catchphrase. It's like and something, it rhymes, I think. Like, don't look, stay off the hook, or I don't know. I don't know. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Alright, All right. see you next episode. <laughs> no, no, we gotta go out on a bang. Bang. Not with a whimper, bang. but a bang. Bang. Okay. Bang. Boom, bang, bang, bang.